we see the potential in Kelly Twitchell, co-founder of Access Tracks. When you made something invaluable, it fuels you to keep making a better impact with your business. That's why we're here, to help make it happen. J.P. Morgan Chase. Real customers compensated. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. Member FDIC. It is time for X's and O's with Minnesota Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell on the Minnesota Vikings radio network. Now from the TCO studios in Egan, here is the voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen. Hey, here we go with X's and O's on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings radio network and Vikings.com, courtesy of the Minnesota Lottery. And I'm Paul Allen, joined by Kevin O'Connell, Minnesota Vikings head coach weekly. And uh, after Chicago, it's going to be 15 of these things, including the preseason, 15 games, including the preseason. And that's a lot. Uh, Players have to be, well, have to be would be strong, but I would imagine mentally and physically a little worn out at this stage of the equation. Is, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, no matter what you try to do, PA, to take care of them week in and week out, you know, wanting to try to get them to the games feeling as fresh as possible while still preparing each and every week for, for what's to come. Um, you have a late buy like this, you, you're working your way up towards that, especially since we had the Thursday game um, you know, as early. early as early as we did, yeah. uh, it's been. We knew this was going to be the grind of the season, and uh, we did experience some injuries throughout this stretch that we've had to overcome. Asking guys to do a little bit more, prepare a little bit more. So it's it's definitely been a, a grind of a season. One of which I'm really proud of the way our team has attacked, and and, and we're ready to, you know, have a, another NFC North challenge at home uh, at U.S. Bank for the first time this year, and then ultimately. Uh, away we go down the down the home stretch once we come back off a well-needed buy. And and you know I want to put coaches into this mix too, because the I'm not not talking about mentally fatigued. I'm sure that that's there, but the, you know that's the job everybody has chosen. It's the the sharing, it's yeah. the collaboration. And you know last year we were sitting in the spot and you're going through red zone offenses on fire and you're going through the whole thing and then you're like. Oh, yeah, tight ends coach Brian Angelico settles. I'm like, whoa, hey. You know, it's like everybody involved defensively, too, with, like, all the work Petten does and stuff yep. like that. You guys are just really good at, at sharing and delegating. That, that, that would have to be important, right? Yeah, I, I'm sure everybody is uh, about tired of talking to me as much as they have to throughout <laughs> the different phases of our game plan. A, a well-needed break from that mm-hmm. uh, might be just what the doctor ordered. But uh, I'd like to say that they don't feel like that because, I certainly don't feel like that about our staff, but I'm sure if you put them on a lie detector test, <laughs> they wouldn't mind a few days away from me. Now, um, it, it didn't work out for any touchdowns in that Denver game, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Jordan Addison had some juice. Holy cow, when I yep. watched that thing back, he didn't get a fair amount of them, but man, he really, he's spry, fresh. I mean, J- Jordan really came to play, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and it's, you know, it's pretty rare for a rookie receiver to, to get the match treatment uh, that he did from their best player at the corner position following following him around all night and uh, you know he was he showed up multiple times we tried to get him down the field a couple times from the slot uh, and then made some big plays there you know on third down a, a, bit, a nice play pass off of a you know fly motion that he had on the right side there uh, we're going to continue to try to get Jordan going he's established himself as a major major part of our offense not just with Justin out. Uh, this is something that's going to be a norm around here for a long time, hopefully with when we do get Justin back, both those guys working together. But haven't really seen that rookie wall hit Jordan Addison. Mm. He just keeps showing up every single day, 
ready to work and uh, love having him here. And, and Ty Chandler is, I mean, you've known this, you, you've been his biggest fans really since he got here, but Ty Chandler is so naturally gifted, obviously so fast, got that nice little slide to him too when he gets out in open space. The finer points, yep. uh, uh, that's what I would imagine the next step would be with him, picking up the blitz, pass protection, the whole thing. It's just the consistency yep. of the other facets. Everybody can just see how explosive the player is with the ball in his hands. I love Ty. There's a reason why, you know, Quasey and I were high-fiving when we were able to get him in the draft. He's going to be a huge part of our team. He is right now, uh, that explosiveness. It's just the every down nature for still a second-year player. As much as we want him uh, kind of to ascend, uh, we also want to make sure that uh, he's able to handle uh, every single snap. And it's not just one snap of picking up the blitz like he did on a, on a big completion. Uh, early on in the game, it's the second time when, yeah. when they're able to get a little penetration and, and hit Josh's arm. And listen, uh, blitz, blitz pick up at this, le at this level with the type of people you're blocking. Um, there's just nothing that can really substitute experience when it comes to that. But uh, as far as with the ball in his hands, catching the football, yeah. there's a reason why we, you know, we have him in on a lot of plays. We're tagging him in on things. And his, his role will continue to grow. Um, throughout the rest of this season, starting with this week. I, I, I'm just excited about Ty Chandler um, and, and all that he brings to our offense. And in fairness to Ty, he had a wonderful blitz pickup early in the game. He did. So, yeah, this is not like, you know, you just can't do it, but, I mean, it's the maturation uh, and the, uh, the details that lead to stardom. Uh, has, have referees or officials ever come up to you later in the season and been like, you know, come here. My bad in the Denver game, ma'am. My bad in the whatever game. I miss that. And just like apologize low key. No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> never has happened, and, and I'm not exactly looking forward to that happening anytime soon. Um, I think uh, however many games I've been the coach of this team, maybe 29 games, yeah. uh, I'll let you know the first time that okay. happens. Um, but listen, they have a, the, you know how, I mean, you call the games and, and do a great job doing that, but you know how fast. Everything's happening down there. The, the only thing that I ask for is just consistency. Yep. And um, when there is uh, a player or two that maybe we disagree on, I do like to have dialogue so I can just learn what they saw, how they saw it, maybe how I can coach something differently. Um, there's been some times where the dialogue really doesn't match up with kind of the, the week after or, or kind of the aftermath of, hey, we might have missed that one or we might slap a suspension on this player or whatever it's been. Um, and those are just part of the game, PA, but uh, you would like it to be as just consistent as possible based upon um, how we've all been led to interpret the rules. And that's how we get fairness each and every week and make it about the players on the field. And that's all that uh, our intentions are ever from a coaching staff on either side of the field. And uh, all well knowing that they have a very, very tough job to do. I understand that. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't mind hearing a hey, uh, we miss that one every yeah. now and then. Now, now when, when, when you watch back this game with Josh Dobbs, I mean, this was the newest, biggest professional moment of his career. They just continue to stack. Uh, what did you mostly think, just like overall Josh's game? Yeah, I thought, uh, once again, uh, clearly showed his athleticism to make some plays and, and, you know, extend some plays. I think the biggest thing is we're continuing to grow his, his complete understanding and comfort in the rhythm and timing of our drop back pass game, uh, what that looks like when your feet and eyes are tied together. Uh, it can be a great tool and a great benefit 
uh, for the quarterbacks in our system, but it's something that you uh, does take a, a level of mastery to really make it go so that the balls are thrown and caught accurately. We maximize chances for yards after catch, and even those five, six, seven-yard completions to TJ out in the flat, uh, if we can get those out in front, get those accurately thrown on the proper rhythm, uh, instead of being in a two-minute drive where you're eventually going backwards, you got a chance to keep on going forwards and, and having a chance for Greg Joseph to kick a field goal. I still think that uh, you know I've got to do as good of a job as I possibly can, making sure that he's comfortable with what we're calling. And then Josh has just got to hold up his end of the bargain and, and limit the turnover-worthy plays, both with the ball in his hands and also you know, when he does put the ball in play over the middle, uh, making sure I know he's got a ton of confidence in the guys he's throwing to, but just continuing to be smart, understanding he is running the whole show. We have a lot of confidence in him, and it'll continue to grow and grow as his opportunities continue. So, so during the downtime, during the bye week, which is after the Bears game, do, do you have less freedom? Um, and you probably think I'm joking around here, but I'm not. I mean, it's like you have so much new and some time where, okay, you don't have to, you, you can see the forest for the trees, so to speak, into the, uh, get, into the Vegas game out of the bye to tinker with things because yeah. so much is new. Yeah, I think so much of it at this time with so much significant work up until this point. Um, I'll spend a lot of time looking at self-scouting, play calls, you know, what am I calling in certain areas? What are maybe, what am I not seeing as a tendency that I know that defensive coordinators are seeing? Um, I view that as time to really take a step back and reflect on, you know, what I can do better, what am I coaching, what are we, what are we detailing up, and then ultimately what are some of those little tweaks uh, and, and, and how are we tinkering with some of the things we've not only put on tape, uh, but maybe the next layer that we can build in with a little bit of extra time. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think for Josh, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind for him, thinking about you know, Cleveland to Arizona to here, mm. and he's, and he's our, our starting quarterback now. Um, I'll definitely want him to take a deep breath, you know, reflect himself on you know, maybe finding himself a uh, place to live, yeah. maybe finding, you know, getting around town a little bit and seeing the, the beautiful uh, parts of the Twin City, getting some great food, whatever it is. But just take a breather knowing that uh, when we hit the gas for the home stretch, we're planning on playing a lot of football down the stretch. And, and eventually Justin Jefferson's going to return and he's going to be playing with Dobbs for the first time. Yep. So you're, you're going to have some off time here after the Bears game, kind of tinker with that a little bit with a quarterback who legitimately is good running. Yep. Correct? Yep. Okay, well... You know, if, if you're thinking about formulating a, a, some, some version of the wishbone off, offense because Josh can run, I mean, how's that going to impact Justin? Yeah, I don't know if, uh, well, Justin's a Minnesota Viking, uh, which will be more than likely a heck of a lot longer than I'm a Minnesota Viking. Stop that. Um, we will not be running very much wishbone. Right. But uh, <laughs> I will say that, that the way Josh is able to handle things, both from his athleticism mm -hmm. and his understanding of just football, uh, you, the conversations we're able to have about the game and what we're attempting to do, what we're trying to take advantage of, just next-level stuff. And uh, I think J.J. is just excited to be back in the huddle with his guys competing. Uh, I have very rarely come across such a competitor, either as a player or coach, as Justin Jefferson. I mean, he, this guy lives for it. He breathes it. It's, it's everything he wants. And uh, anytime you you know inter inject the best receiver in football yeah. back into an offense that has consistently moved the ball, even in his absence, uh, we're excited for that moment when that happens. How often do you see what's known as a double double? Like like I you know with Jefferson and whomever. Yeah. And why I bring it up.
it up is because, like, when Thielen and Diggs were together here, yeah. there would be multiple games you would get the double-double. And why I bring it up is, like, you know, being a, a fan, an outsider, well, we think, you know, the way Josh can break the pocket with the way you scheme yeah. things, and here's Justin, and here's Jordan, and here's TJ, like, does that lead to double-double, or do you start looking down the road on that? Well, the beauty, and in, in, in we have had some, I think, about Buffalo, you know, down in the red zone last year, you know, unless teams are able to play with 12 players, which I shouldn't say they're not allowed to because <laughs> it's happened before. Uh-oh. Uh, but unless they're able to play with 12, it's hard to have a double on Justin, a double on Addison, a double on TJ, right. and a spy uh, for Josh. Uh, there's just not enough That's mathematically speaking, and I'm no astrophysicist or whatever he is. <laughs> uh, there's just not enough human beings on the field legally to be able to do that. So you're exactly right. How are, how are people going to deploy their coverages to be able to try to limit our ability to not only just convert on third downs, not mm -hmm. only just be explosive in the play pass game, but all while doing it uh, with a mindset of still having to stop the run, worry about our screens, worry about our movement game, worry about all the things that we can bring to the table. And, and, and our job is just to continue to coach clarity, uh, details, fundamentals to the players, and then letting them bring it to life. It's the best part of being a coach. Now, um, off the Denver game, just to get this out of the system, it was a minus three, and, and it was the difference in the game with the take gives. And teams that are minus three over the last, since 2000, win 9% of the time, they lose by an average of 13 uh, points per game. But during all of it, your, your defense went to bending but didn't break. Yep. You know, and then break's a strong word. They got a touchdown at the end of the game. Yep. But, I mean, just in watching that thing back, you know, with the, the gives and then they get close, kind of like Lorenzo Carter and, and Atlanta, and then the kicker goes back and Jaron Hall at uh, Green Bay with Preston Smith, and then they, they're four and out. So, I mean, the defense has just it's come up big so many times this season for yeah, you. Yeah, they really have. And... Um, you can't say enough about their willingness to go on the field and respond. Um, you know, that's part of the game when you do, uh, you know, as an offense, you'd love to drive down the field and score every time. At the bare minimum, uh, at least over the last 29 games, I've had the ability to be the coach here. When we just break even, yeah. we, do, we, do, we do pretty well as a football team, Big really time. regardless of uh, where we play, who we play. Uh, it truly, it's a winning and losing stat for every team in football, but uh, because of how we try to play complementary football, because of, uh, you know, our games tend to be close, you know, week in and week out. That's what this league really is. Yeah. Um, you know, those plays are critical, especially when you're either backed up, uh, like you referenced with the, the Green Bay game or when we had the tip ball yep. uh, pick against the Broncos. But it's even more catastrophic sometimes when you're in the scoring zone. Some of those early season you know, in one yard line, you know, reaching the ball for the pylon or a tip ball in the opener or whatever it was, um, you know, I think back to the other night, plus 34 yard line going in up eight at that point, even if we just come away with three right yep. there and mm. not let those, that, that table flip uh, to go in their direction, um, you know, those are winning and losing plays and our players know that, they own that, uh, we own that as coaches and, and how are we doing the things that we need to do to make sure those things don't happen. And it's football, things will happen from time to time, but uh, we need to make sure we're controlling what we can in regards to giving the football away to the other team. And that's the number one priority. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, you too. Happy I really enjoy working with you. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Very much so. Kevin O'Connell, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm Paul Allen. Assistant offensive line uh, coach Justin Riscotti <laughs> joins us next on X's and O's on the KFAM Minnesota Vikings radio network and Vikings.com.
Welcome back to X's and O's on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. And uh, let's meet Justin Riscotti, the assistant offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, into the Bears game, we'll get into that momentarily. But uh, congratulations are in order here. The James Madison University Hall of Fame. Congratulations, my man. I appreciate it. You know, very blessed to have uh, <clears throat> great coaches and teammates along the way and a lot of fun. My three years there were a great time. Uh, had a chance to win a championship mm. um, my first year in 2004. So, you know, it was awesome going back this fall for the ceremony and catching up with some, some former teammates and, and coaches and uh, just really had a, had a great time with my family for a few days. Well, the, the Justin Riscotti that I've known for two years and change is an offensive line coach, and, and you're bigger in stature. <laughs> so I'm trying to envision James Madison University and the Dukes and, and hear the, this, this, this big individual running at you or throwing over you as a quarterback. Were, were you always uh, this big? Yeah, I probably played about 225. I'm more like 260 now, so... <laughs> Hopefully this offseason I'll, I'll be able to lose a, a few pounds. But um, Well, Thanksgiving's on the horizon, so don't start now. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, I was always, you know, I guess on the bigger end of uh, quarterbacks. But um, hopefully I can get back down to about 220 pounds here soon. What, uh, <laughs> what, what did get you into uh, wanting to coach an offensive line, at, I mean, when you're a quarterback by trade? You know, I just realized early on how important that position group was and, and – uh, Usually if uh, you dominate the line of scrimmage, you have a great chance to win and be successful on offense. So it's been a lot of fun. In 2019, I had a chance to, uh, to be with the offensive line with Mike Munchak and Chris Cooper in Denver and, and just really had a great time and, and have learned a ton over the years and, and uh, have really enjoyed these two years here in Minnesota. Hey, uh, a fair amount of members of the coaching staff and just people with the team, you know, had been with Denver before and in the <laughs> recent past. So losses are losses and you don't feel good about them, specifically the amount of time you guys put in. But when it's to a team for whom you used to work and like, you know, people around there, does it make it more difficult? Absolutely. You know, every loss is tough. You know, in this league, it's, you know, a week to week challenge to go out there and perform at a high level and, and find ways to win. So it was, it was a tough loss the other night, but, you know, really looking forward to getting, getting back to work this week and uh, getting on the field Monday night. When, when you work with uh, Chris, Chris Cooper, the offensive line coach, uh, what, what are some roles you fill as the assistant offensive line coach? You know, I'm just, uh, again, truly blessed to be here and to be working with, with Chris. And, um, you know, he's a phenomenal coach. I've learned a ton from him. And, you know, you can really uh, learn a lot from a guy that's played for a long time at this position and then now has been coaching for a while. So uh, we work, you know, really well together. It's our uh, fifth season together. So we just kind of play off of each other. And, um, you know, it's been a lot of fun. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a work in progress every week. You know, currently we're working on the, uh, the run, run game plan now on Tuesdays. And then it progresses into short yardage and uh, red zone as we go throughout the week. But, um, Again, very blessed to be here and, and to work with a guy like Chris. And, and you guys uh, start the season. You know, you have Bradbury, then he goes down. Schlotman comes in. You, you've had some uh, rotation at left guard. Now Dalton has settled in. Why I bring it up is the Broncos, from their left tackle over to McGlinchey, had to have the same offensive line every single game the entire season. When, when you're able to have that cohesiveness of the same five guys every game, how much, what, what, what benefit is that? You know, it's a huge benefit. You know, we saw the benefit of uh, returning the same five guys from last year, you know, having an offseason together and then, then going through training camp and, and the start of the year. But, 
you know, it's a, it's a real testament to the, to the type of players we have in the O-line room. It's a great group of guys. Um, we have a, a, a ton of talent, a good mixture of experience and youth, and um, just really uh, grateful for the opportunity to work with these guys. And they're working really hard. Every day is a new day for them. They're just ready for the challenges and, and the work to put in to, to be their best. So with the uh, Chicago Bears, the team you guys beat to start that five-game winning streak, now former Washington defensive lineman Montez Sweat is in the mix. Uh, has much changed with them since you last saw them? You know, they're a very good football team. They do a great job on defense stopping the run. So we've got a huge challenge Monday night. Just uh, really looking forward to getting back to work with these guys tomorrow, getting on the field and uh, just cleaning up uh, things that we need to get better at. And, uh, you know, we have a, a few days to, to do that, to be ready for Monday night. But it'll be a big challenge, you know, division game. Um, they're really good on defense, you know, have a great uh, defensive front. And uh, just really excited about the opportunity to get back out there. And the, these division games, I mean, it doesn't matter if somebody's battered or somebody's on a six-game losing streak or whatever. These division games can be so tough, right? Absolutely. You know, every week is tough in the, in, in the NFL. You know, there's there's new, different challenges week to week. But um, these guys are very good, you know, and it would be a challenge for us to to run the ball and, and uh, to be efficient on first and second down. So we got our work cut out for us. But... You know, we're excited about the opportunity and uh, just look forward to, again, getting back with the guys tomorrow. Uh, James Madison University, Lefty Drizelle, Gary Clark, and Justin Riscotti in the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, thanks for helping. Uh, that's Justin Riscotti, assistant offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm Paul Allen. Uh, we thank Carly Bonk for her assistance, and this is a Curly Harris production. Also, Eric Norquist with KFA, and thank you very much. Everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and thanks for listening to X's and O's on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. At J.P. Morgan Chase, we see the potential in people like Kelly Twitchell, co-founder of Access Tracks, an innovative product design company making the outdoors more accessible. When you've made something that other people find invaluable, it fuels you to keep making a better impact with your business. That's why we're here, to help make it happen. J.P. Morgan Chase. Real customers compensated. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, member FDIC.